and thank you so much for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan. Well, this is actually Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan and my guests, two of them, Tanya and Rodney McClary. So it's Good Morning Ladies. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> thank you for listening and tuning in today. I know that this is the season to talk about relationships and marriage, dating, single, divorce. It, whatever phase or season of life you are in, I pray that you will be blessed by all of the testimonies. You know, we're going to discuss those topics that we don't really get to talk about when we're in church, but I am so happy and so thankful for my two guests today, Tanya and Rodney. We get to know a little more about you, and you're going to help us kick off our series. For You know, as I was going on a date night with my husband, I posted a photo on Facebook, and I talked about the ups and downs. I talked about the fact that in sickness and in health, that that verse right there became more real (laughs) as I walked through my breast cancer journey. And Tanya, you're so familiar with it. You know, it it becomes reality when you actually go through the struggle and then you're coming out on the other side. So I'm excited for all of the listeners, men and women that are tuning in to get to know you. So I'll just kick us off with just wanting to get to know a little bit about you. Tanya, can you kick us off? Tell us where you're from, a little bit about your background, then we'll turn it over to Rodney, and then we'll keep it going from there. Hi, everyone. My name is Tanya McClary. I am um, 53 years old, and I've been married for 25 years. Yay! So, um, and I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I grew up in Baltimore, and I've been living in Baltimore all my life. That is so awesome. And so, um, so what do you do? I know that you you had a, you were working at one point, and so are are you still in the workforce, or where where are you right now? We're going to learn a little bit about your journey, but tell us a little okay. bit about that. Okay. Well, right now, um, I've worked in the medical field for 22 years. I worked at University Hospital, and my previous position until September the 29th was at Mercy Hospital, and I worked in the pediatric administrative's office at Mercy Hospital. So I've been in the medical field as I guess I would say as a receptionist for the pediatric department for the last 13 years. Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, we are going to turn it over to your lovely husband who's waiting there patiently. I could tell he's just awesome. And just, we, you know, when I look at Facebook and I see the photos, that's a whole nother story. I told you how I was just like melting when I was looking at your pictures of your anniversary. So I may have to bring that up on this call, on this, on this podcast. But Rodney, did you introduce yourself to everyone and just tell us a little bit about you, where you're from? Yes. So I'm Rodney McClary. I'm Tanya's husband. And as she shared for 25 years, I'm also from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm born and raised. Um, I work at McCormick Spice Company for the last 30 one years uh, in Hunt Valley, Maryland, um, and I'm married to that beautiful person who just spoke, Tanya, for 25 glorious years, and, uh, and it's been a wonderful journey. That is so awesome. So I do want to, before we, we jump into your story and your journey, and I just really believe that the listeners are going to be so blessed, I want to open up this session in prayer and Just pray for hearts and minds that are listening. Is that okay? Yes, we didn't mention them. And we have three sons, um, three very handsome sons. And we have have four grandchildren. We have two of each. So we've been blessed to 
have a family, and start a second generation. So that's been a blessing as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, let's just go before God and, and pray for hearts and minds during this time. God, I thank you for the awesome institution of marriage. I thank you that you created it, God, and you know that it is designed to bring life and fulfill the earth. And God, I thank you for everyone who's listening, whether they're single, they're married, they're dating, or they've been through divorce. God, that you would bring healing into their lives, that there will be something said during our time right now that will impact and forever change their lives. God, bless the McClary's, bless them immensely, God, and their whole family and the next generation to come after them, God. I thank you for this couple in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I am so, let me tell you something. I love your wife. She's amazing. <laughs> She's a warrior. And so we are going to start with you, Tanya. Tell us a little bit about your journey. You and I have a similar journey that we've walked through. And mm-hmm. I, I do want to take it back. I don't know if we, if you guys touched on it, but um, how did you meet? I, you said where you're both from and what you do, but how did you meet? And then kind of bring us forward to today and what you had to walk through. Well, um, my husband, and I know he, he's smiling because every time I tell this story, he just gets real giddy. He saw me at the mall. Um, he was with someone and I was with a friend and he knew the girlfriend that I was actually with. From that day, once he saw me, he went over later on that evening, he went over to my girlfriend's house and he asked her, who was I? So at that point, she told him who I was. He asked for my phone number she gave him my phone number, and then from that point, he just kept calling, and he just kept calling, and then finally, I gave him a date. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that, do you concur, is that how it went down, Mr. Rodney? Yes, I would say, in her words, it was sort of like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was like that, and um and so what was it about this beautiful woman at the time that, you know, drew you to her? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I I saw Tanya. I met Tanya, not really met her, but I saw her a lot when we were out there in the clubs and things like that. And I would see her periodically, but not that often. And um, just, she was just, just so attractive. And I never forgot her, but, you know, I, so I guess the time that I really had the opportunity to see her up close in person, it was just probably the per- perfect opportunity for me to get, uh, find out who she was because the person I, she was with was a close friend of the family. So it worked out uh, in my favor. Wow. So, and, and for anyone who's seen her, and I, they will see your picture, um, you know, when I post this on social media, for anyone who's seen her and you, you're a beautiful couple. I mean, you really, really are. And it's not just the outward, it's your spirit. I know that you both love the Lord. I know that you both love each other. And, you know, for our single folks out there, there's really not a course or a class that will teach you how to weather the storms. Everything does look wonderful the first, you know, with, with, with first true love, right, when you first meet. <laughs> and um, then the storms of life come. Am I right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. The storms of life come. And so I would love for both of you to kind of share your heart towards uh, marriage and intimacy and really what was it like going through this last season where you've had several challenges. And I'd like for both of you to chime in on how did you stay 
you know, loyal? How did you stay in love? How did you keep the romance alive? Uh, we'll start off with you, Tanya. Why don't, why don't you share? Sure. Um, back in May of 2010, um, I was at a, at a concert, and it was a gospel concert. My mom wanted to go, and I proceeded. Um, didn't really want to take her, but because I just didn't want the crowd. But I was obedient, and I was obedient to the Spirit, and I bought the tickets, and we went to the concert. And while I was at the concert, the person we, the lady we went to see at the concert was Shirley Caesar. Um, and Shirley Caesar, as everyone knows, she ministered through songs, and she also prophesies through songs as well. And at the concert, she prophesied. She prophesied, and she said, some of you women, if not all of you women, need to take your left hand, place it on your right breast, and reboot the lump that's in your breast. Um, I didn't do it the first time she said it, but then she repeated it. And once she repeated it, I said, oh, well, I'll do it. And I just did it, and I did it out of obedience because she said it a second time. I did exactly what she said. I touched the breast that she asked everyone to touch in the area that she asked us to touch. I did it. Well, at that particular time, I just did it. And then at night, I came home. I laid in the bed, and I've always been one to do breast exams, self-exams, before mammograms, after mammograms. It just was a part of my lifestyle. So I began to do a self-breast exam, and my husband was asleep. Everybody was asleep. And as I began to go around the breast from the outer all the way in and working your way in the inside of the breast, that's the correct way to do a breast exam. I felt a lump. When I felt the lump, I just immediately said, oh, my God, a lump. But the lump was in the same area that she prophesied in and she told me to touch. The next day, I went to the doctor and I didn't tell anyone. I, I just made my appointments. And once it was time for me to go, I told my husband. Uh, my first lady went with me and I had a mammogram. They did an ultrasound. And, of course, um, they couldn't tell. And it was just very difficult. So then they did a biopsy. The biopsy came back. And then I had early uh, stage three breast cancer. So then I had to have treatments, um, a series of treatments, which had surgery first, where I had to have a lumpectomy. And if you're not familiar with the lumpectomy, a lumpectomy is when they go in and remove the lump out of the breast, but you still have the breast. Um, so I had to do that. And I also had to do chemo and I also had to do radiation. And if you're familiar with chemo, you know, the chemo makes you very weak. It makes you very fatigued. Um, you sick, you throwing up, you're not eating. Um, you're basically not able to do anything, but you, you learn to pick and choose what you're going to do. So as time went on, I began to do, and I um, just went through the treatments. And while I was going through treatment, um, of course, my husband, my support system was phenomenal. Uh, my husband was phenomenal. My sons were phenomenal as well. Um, everybody did their part. Um, but there were times when I would get weak and I didn't want to do and that's when my husband really, really, really stepped in um, and did everything. He was my he was my rock. He was my motivation. He was my encouragement. He was also my discipline because we need that as well. So when there were times when I was sick and I didn't feel like doing, he would, and I would be on the floor. I remember this one night I was on the floor and I was just crying. And I was basically in my mind, I wanted to give up in my mind. But my husband spoke life into me because my spirit was weak and he spoke life and he said, no, 
you can do it because my words was, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he said, yes, you can. You can do it. He says, so what you're going to do is you're going to eat this toast. He went in the, in the kitchen and he fixed me some toast. He said, you're going to eat this toast. You're going to get up. You're going to go get in the bed and you're going to, and you're going to go forward. You're not going to give up. So at that particular time, he gave me not what I wanted, but he gave me what I needed. And it allowed me to be willing to live at that particular time to be willing to live and to fight for what I know I had to do. Wow. I mean, what an incredible journey. And we definitely want to hear from Rodney because so many times, you know, we know that the struggle for the patient, for the person going through cancer or any sickness really is that's a struggle. It definitely is. But we don't really get to talk about what the support system has to go through with the husband yes. or if it's a yes. wife caring for the other person. But mm-hmm. first of all, praise God that you come through that. I'm so excited that you are here and able to tell your story and you are just so vibrant and full of life. And so I want to just give God praise for, for you and your life. Yes. And it yes. sounds like you've had a wonderful, wonderful support system. So let's talk to that yes. support system real quick. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Rodney, you know, um, hopefully one day you'll get to meet my husband and you guys can probably exchange stories and you have some, probably some similarities. What was your journey like? What was it like from your perspective going through this with Tanya? Yeah, and so it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. But I, I just, uh, God was, was not going to allow cancer to be the champion that uh, it was trying to portray. Um, uh, and have dominion in Tanya's life or our life. Uh, and, and so my prayer was always, God, don't let me lose my faith in all that we go through. And so that, um, but as she was going through, you know, it just allowed me to uh, embrace the love that God, had, that God had given us as a couple and to not to love the Tanya that I fell in love with, but to love the spirit that was in her, which was Christ. And so it was, it became easy because I was determined to do and to love her in the way that God wanted me to do and to serve her. And he gave me the opportunity to be a, not just a husband, but a friend, a caregiver, a motivator. And those times, like she said, when she hit the floor, before I would speak, I would always turn to God and say, give me the words to say. And, but give them to me boldly because I didn't want to be passive in what I had to say, because if I was going to say it, it was going to come from God and the response was going to be what God wanted to be. Uh, and it was. And so that was the strength for the journey for me. Um, yes, I did. I cried many tears going to work because I was, I was not going to cry in front of my wife and make her weak. I, I had to share tears to release my stress uh, on many occasions. And that was my uh, uh, tears of, sometimes tears of joy, sometimes tears of sorrow and uh, frustrations. And, but they, they, they were always tears that they were followed with prayer and thanksgiving. Never regret uh, because I knew in my heart and my spirit that I was connected to God, that God was going to work, was going to work this out, and that this journey was going to be a good journey. And so it helped me to love her more and more, and I wasn't worried about what she's going to look like, what was going to change about her. I just wanted to, I just wanted her and wanted her and love her the way God wanted me to love her. And I shared with 
Antonia's sickness, uh, I made love to my wife all the time because as I was giving to her and as I was providing and, and meeting her needs, I was intimately loving her the way Christ loved his people, like loved the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was giving myself to her the way God said, give her, give myself to her. So it, it, it was a great experience for me. Oh, my goodness, Mr. Rodney. Our hats off to you for being strong, but at the same time, your heart was tender towards your wife's needs. And so I want to touch on this, and I know Tanya wants to jump back in because I know she's very passionate about talking about this. But I want to ask you, Mr. Rodney, if you could talk a little bit about, you said, as Christ loves the church. You know, I, I always pray and I ask God, okay, God, what is it that you'd like for the listeners to hear? We want to speak what you want us to speak, God. And so I really believe that there will be couples listening, and even no matter what season of their marriage they're in, it could be on the mountaintop, it could be in a very dark place. If we get back to what the Word of God tells us to do, which is to surrender and to submit to one another, husbands love your wife as, as, as Christ loves the church, what does that really look like for a man? Can you speak on that just briefly? Sure, sure. And that's one of my favorite topics because I speak on it all the time. But for as men, as men, we have to sacrifice and, and deny self. And, and, and as Christ did, um, even though he cried out, you know, that this cup passed me three times, he denied himself for the love of the world. And, 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 he, and when he says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church, that's what he that's what he asks us to do as men, as men of God, to 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 give up everything for the for the prize, the bride that he's given that that represents him, the church, you know. Um and at the head, we as priests, we must um be obedient to that and serve and and to give unselfishly. Um, no matter how bad it might feel, how tired you might be, it's always a good it's a good battle or good a good journey when you surrender and submit and are willing to look beyond your needs and see the need of the um, your bride. For me, it was an it was an excellent experience um, because I too needed a um, support group of people who loved me enough to see that I was hurting, see that I was um, weak at times, you know, and um, and that encouraged that strength that I drew from them even encouraged me to stay focused in the Word of God and prayer, which gave me the strength to um, to fight with her uh, when she was weak. But for men, it is imperative to stay focused in the Word of God and stay diligent in the things of God, you know. That is so good. And I know so many men listening needed to hear that. And wives, too, because, you know, we... When I was going through chemo, I can relate, Tanya, you know, there were times where you're just so sick. And I do remember my husband not wanting to cry in front of me. And he'll probably share his story when, when he comes on a future show. Um, but there is there was times where he had to shed tears and he came back and told me about it later. But, you know, as, as wives, we need to constantly pray and lift our husbands up and cover yeah. because a lot, of, a lot of times men don't show their emotions. So it's all right. inside. And so I'm love the fact that you just said, Rodney, that you needed a support system. You you needed the Lord to make you strong enough to, to be strong for her and to support her. And so I love what you shared. And Tanya, I'm going to turn it over to you. Sure. Your, sure. Uh, experience let let, let me just this. say this before Tanya jumps in a bit. But the key to that is just being transparent. Uh, I think for me, we, we, we don't mm-hmm. know how to be transparent. And, and when we don't, we, don't, we can't gain the strength and the help of 
other to make it through the journey, you know, and that's when we fall prey to the enemy's devices. Oh, that's so good. You're right. You're 100% right. I love it. Tanya, I know you're going to jump in here. Yes, yes. I was going to say, um, so that was the first part of our journey because we have two parts to our journey. Like I said, in 2010, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I am a two-time cancer survivor because as we move forward from 2010 into 2013, you know, according to my words, I would say life was beginning to look promising again. You know, my appearance is coming back now. My hair is growing and and growing back and, you know, my skin is changing and everything is quote unquote back to normal. And in 2014, um, we're preparing, I'm getting ready to turn 50 and we're preparing for this big celebration for my 50th birthday. And I begin to have problems and I begin to have more problems with my stool. My stool began to change and I begin to have blood in my stool. No pain, just no pain, just a little blood in my stool. And again, it was almost time for me to go have a colonoscopy for my 50th birthday. So I didn't prolong the fact that I went and had my colonoscopy and, you know, they checked it and make sure that I didn't have uh, colorectal cancer. So when I had to do a biopsy and I just trying to move fast forward. I had to do a biopsy and came back and I had colon cancer. So I um, was diagnosed with colon cancer, which meant that I had to have surgery and I had to have chemo again and I had to have radiation again and I had to go through everything all over again, but in a different way. So at this particular time, I had to have surgery and I had to have part of my colon removed. And once I had to have part of my colon removed, uh, I could no longer use my colon for at least two years. Um, it was it was approximately two years. I had to have a bag. I had to have an ileostomy bag. And an ileostomy bag is when um, I had to release my stool from my stomach. It mm. could no longer come from wow. my rectum. And um, wow. I had to wear that for two solid years. Again, now everything has changed. Um, I now have a bag. I have to do chemo all over again, so I lose my hair again. Um, but the difference is now I've not only lost my hair, but I have a bag. And um, we all know that men are visuals. They go according to what they see, you know, what they see. Right. So my appearance has changed tremendously now. Um, so then we as women, we're looking on the outside. We're looking at the, I'm looking at the fact that I don't have hair. Now I have a bag on my side where I have to release my stool. So my outdoor appearance has now changed. So in my mind, am I still beautiful to my husband? Mm-hmm. Am I still attractive to my husband? Am I still beautiful to my husband? How do he see me now? Again, I have a bag and now I don't have any, I don't have any hair, but most of all, I have this bag. So as time began to go on, I had to remember in my spirit that he's only going to see me like I see myself. Wow. So if I see myself as pity, if I see myself as shame, not only is he going to see myself as pity and shame, but everybody in my surroundings is going to see myself as pity and shame. So what I have to do Mm. now more than ever is straighten my back up and hold my head up and know who I am in Christ and begin to really realize where my beauty is actually coming from. As time went on, you know, and 
my husband, uh, you know, we we adults, so we would take baths, we would take showers, and we would take all these things together before the bath. So now in my mind, I'm wondering, how is this going to affect us doing those things that we're accustomed to doing? How is this going to affect us when it comes to being intimate? How is it going to affect us, um, you know, when I wear my sexy lingerie? Because again, these are things that my husband loves to see me in. These are things that he loves Mm -hmm. to buy for me. So how is this going to affect me in that area? Well, it did. It did not um, affect me. I had to, what really blessed my soul is one day I was in the bathroom and I was getting out of the bathtub, because you're still able to do these things with an ileosomy. It's just that you have to alter things in a different way. And when he walked in the bathroom, I didn't cover myself. And when I didn't cover myself and he looked at me eye to eye, that reassured me that he was not going to look at me and turn his head. Or he was not going to look at me and act like he didn't see it. It made me more comfortable because he was comfortable with it. And I remember one day um, I was getting ready to go out. Some of my girlfriends wanted to take me out and I began to cry. And I went downstairs to him and I was just crying. He said, what's wrong? And I said to him, I said, I don't feel pretty. And he said, you don't feel pretty. And I said, no, I don't feel pretty. He said, this is what you're going to do. He said, you're going out with your friends, right? And I said, yes. He says, okay, get yourself together, get your clothes on and go out and have a nice time. I did it. The next morning, he woke up. He said to me, now let's talk about last night. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about you not feeling pretty. And when he said that, it just, a light went off. And he said to me, you're going to always be beautiful to me because your beauty is not on the outside, it's within. And as time went on and happened to have different surgeries and almost dying, when they tried to remove it, I actually almost died. And they had to put it back because they left it there for two years. And with the chemo and the radiation, they removed it. They was trying to connect the colon. And when they tried to connect the colon, because the tissue and the radiation and the chemo, it softened the tissue. So it tore. And when they tore it, I had to go, when it tore, I had to go back into surgery and they had to put the bag back because I really could have almost died. So at that point now, I not only have the bag back, but now I'm on oxygen. Um, I got a chemo port hooked up to me. So I'm looking like a walking time bomb. And I said to my husband, I said, am I still beautiful? I have a bag. I have a port. I have oxygen. I have all these different devices hooked up to me. Am I still beautiful? And he looked me in my eyes and he said to me, that will never change. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to hold it together over here <laughs> uh, without choking up so I can finish this interview. But, I, you know, I'm visualizing as you're talking every step of this journey and what you might have looked like at the time and how he looked at you when he when you said he looked you in your eye. And I just think that that's incredible. That's incredible. And, you know, the love that he was showing you was really God's love flowing through him towards you and his own love. I mean, you know, we have men are visual, but I just love that he's been looking at you with loving eyes this whole journey, Tanya. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So there are are some couples that are going to tune in and they're going to hear, you know, you talk about love and intimacy and 
in, in specifically, there are some couples who haven't really been intimate. Maybe they have been mechanical in, in the act of, you know, intercourse, but they haven't been intimate in, in the spiritual sense and connecting with each other. I know you wanted to share a little bit about that as well before we close. How did you keep the romance going through through this tough time. Do you want to start that or do you want me to start it? <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, Mr. Rodney, would you chime so back? I would like for him to start it though. <laughs> so like I shared before, this, it, it was, it was difficult in terms of with the breast cancer. It was, it was easier being intimate when you're talking, when you talk about as intercourse and being um, physical. Um, but with but, but the ileostomy and things like that, the colon cancer was different. And, and But it wasn't important to me anymore. It was the, What was important is that the love that God wanted me to express and to share with her was more spiritual and more godly and um, more deeper than the intimacy of a physical um, connection between the two of us. That's what I wanted more than anything because... Because Tanya struggled. Tanya really, she didn't tell a real struggle with the ileostomy bag. She struggled with it uh, in such a tremendous way. It was, it was, she just couldn't see herself as a beautiful woman. And I refused to accept that because that wasn't the way I saw her. And I wasn't going to allow that to happen. And so intimacy to me was more than just the physical. And it was, and I was, like I said, I always made love to her because I love to give her things. I love to share I love dating her. I love everything about her, really. And so because God was changing the way I, what I fell in love, the person I fell in love with, the way I saw her, he was changing that view of her. It was, it was, a, it was a greater love that I was experiencing with her that kept me so strong, so connected to her and wanting to be more closer to her and wanting to love her so freely and uh, uh, openly and uh, willingly without compromise, you know. And so that's why we're still 25 years and still dating and still excited. And, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so, so awesome. If, Go ahead, if I could just add to it um, in that in that area, what I, and, and I guess they may, you know, listeners, if someone out there listening and they want to know, well, did we have intercourse? Yes. Did we have intercourse every night? Absolutely not. But did we have intercourse? Yes, we did. Because my motto was, when I feel good, I do good. When I don't mm-hmm. feel good, I don't do good. So when I felt good, I did my wifely duties. I did what I would do, what I needed to right. do so that my husband would be pleased. In a marriage, a marriage could never be one way. You cannot always do what you want to do. You have to do what's pleasing for the other spouse. So even when, yeah, you have to do what's pleasing for the other spouse. My husband was very supportive and understanding in my time of sickness. But when I felt good as a wife, I knew that that was my responsibility. I had to, because he had to release himself as well. So I knew that when God, my prayer was always, God gives me strength to do what I needed Mm. to do. And that was some of the things that I needed to do. And God would grant me my favor. He would give me the strength and I would do it. So there was no lacking. I don't think so because God gave me the strength that I needed to do to make sure that my husband was pleased. Now, the second time 
when I had to go back in and I say I almost died, those periods was a little longer. Um, I think we may have went, Rodney, if I'm not mistaken, two, maybe three months without um, intercourse. Maybe longer than that. Yeah, it, it, it may have been longer than that. And at that particular time, it was a little different. But what did, did that stop us from cuddling up together? Absolutely not. My husband would just hold me in his arms, and that was a form of intimacy. But it was, again, it was in a different wow. way. You don't always have to be in a, in a position where you're penetrating to say that you're having intercourse, as my husband said before. That's powerful. Um, it's good, 100, but there's always a different way. So when you stand before God, and you make those, and you take those marriage vows, you have to be sure that you're 100% ready. And I always give, I guess I may be jumping a gun, my words of encouragement and, and advice would always be, don't marry for loss, marry for love. So you're going to have to repeat that again. <laughs> I, you know, I always say, don't marry for lust, marry for love. Because when the lust dies, and all you have is love, that's what you need. But if you marry for lust and you don't have love, and then when the, the, the lust dies or you're in a position where you can't fulfill each other's needs sexually, mm-hmm. what do you have to that's hold good. on to? That's so you good. cannot base it off of the sex. You have to base it off the love, the godly love. And if I had to say... Some people may be thinking, and I don't know on a spiritual realm, but on a spiritual realm, they could be possibly saying it or thinking it. Well, all men cheat or all men have sexual desires. All men should have sexual desires. But should all men cheat? Absolutely not. Do all men cheat? Absolutely not. But the ones that don't is the God-fearing ones. And once you meet a God-fearing man, his focus is one first to please God. And as long as he's pleasing God, he's going to please his spouse. He's going to please his wife because his main focus is to please God. So if he disappoints God and he falls out of love with God, then you worry because he have no one to hold him accountable for his actions. So true. So true. And I, I actually, that is what I wanted to close this show out with, which is first I want to thank both of you again. This is just, you know, to open up your lives, open up and be transparent, as Rodney said earlier, and just to share this, it is going to save a marriage. As we're going through this series, Tanya, I am going to be praying that marriages will be miraculously healed because mine's was. And I can't wait to, you know, for us to share our testimony. But I do want for both of you just to close us out and give us a little bit of advice for the couple that's on the brink of disaster, the couple that's ready to sign the papers. You know, Rodney, as you as you close us out with some advice for that man or that woman who, who's at that point. First of all, did you guys have any challenges and arguments along the way, Rodney? And how did you resolve any conflicts as you were going through this season? Well, personally, I'm not very controversial. Forever, um, uh, I don't talk a lot. I don't get into a lot of, you know, because I'm, I'm just, probably short-tempered on anything if I'm like, you know, so I don't like to get into a lot of nonsense things, so I would rather talk to her, but we have had differences to be, I mean, that's a, that's a reality. We And those things just make us stronger because we don't turn away from one another, but we turn to one another. 
first and foremost, as a man, I think it's important that we, you know, that we do self-evaluation, you know, because we tend to look at other people and blame everybody else and want to look at the problem and process it as a, or a, pro, a situation that may be too large for us. And sometimes more than likely it is too large for us. That's why as, as real men of God, you got to turn to the source that can give you the, the peace and turn to other people because God don't always want you to, you know, feel like you're alone in this journey. And there's some people out there, good men, good brothers and people you can talk to that's going to encourage you and, and strengthen you. And God put those people in my life who, when I wanted to cry, when I wanted to talk, they would take me out to dinner, invite me down to the house and do things like that. So men, you know, cry mm-hmm. your tears, mm-hmm. share your share your uh, your feelings, you know, and that that helps you to put things in perspective and to, um, you know, clear your mind of you know foolish thoughts that the enemy want to place on your heart to you know to make mm-hmm. those decisions to leave your spouse. But there are some good men that God 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 knows what we need and He's already prepared it. We just have to know and be willing to yield to um, the preparation that God has planned for us when we go through the hard time for better or for worse. And when we get to the worst, that's when God is at his best. It's like Paul said, you know, you know, when yes. he told Paul, it's in your weakness that my strength is made great. Yes. He proved it to me. His strength is made great in my weakness because I was weak a lot of times. This journey was not a journey of strength of Rodney. This was a journey of strength of God and the people God placed in my life to, Amen. to do what they did with wow. Moses on the mountain to hold my hands up so that the battle could be won and I can see the, the battle being won not through my strength but through the strength of God. Wow. Amen. 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 I know that that's going to resonate with so many men and Tommy as we close out we're actually going to have Ronnie do us the honor and pray us out but would you speak to that woman who's listening who's ready to walk out or ready to um, make a bad decision maybe for to, to go outside of her marriage even, but just the stress of everything you have to carry as a woman that can weigh on your marriage. Could you speak a word of encouragement to that woman? Sure. I would say just be steadfast and unremovable. And I also would say, look unto the Lord because your help comes from the Lord. And yeah, you may be saying it's easier for me to say, It is not the easiest thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. And I know for me, when when my husband and I, we we know that there is no perfect marriage. So we don't have a perfect marriage. But what we do is we strive for perfection. And we do that when we come up against a wall. Because first of all, your husband is not your enemy. He's not your enemy. You have to look him in the eyes and think about what you fell in love. What made you fall in love with this man? So you think about that and then spark up the fire. But you have to be willing to make that sacrifice. You have to be willing not to throw in the towel. You have to be willing to say to your husband, eye to eye, this is what happened, whatever the situation may be. There is no wrong and no no right. Don't look for who's wrong and who's right, but look to your spouse and say, what can we do to make it right? And that's what you focus on. And the last thing I would say is in your quiet time, before you throw in a towel, before you think about it, or even if you have thought about it, get a pencil and a piece of paper 
and you write 10 things down that you do not like about your husband. And then you write, I'm not even going to say write 10. I'm just going to say write things down that you do not like about your husband. And then you, on the other side, you write all the things down that you do like about your husband. And I guarantee you those positives are going to outweigh the negatives. They always do. And then from that, you should make the sound decision. But again, don't get it from your girlfriend. Do not seek God's face. And the, the main person that you should get it from is God and your spiritual advisor, whoever your spiritual mother and father may be. Don't be ashamed. Seek wisdom from them. Because like my husband oh, said, so you need somebody else. You need somebody else that's going to look at it from a godly perspective. Oh, that is so good. Thank you both tremendously from the bottom of my heart. I want to thank you for the time, for the encouragement, for the words of wisdom. And you have the experience. You've been through the storm and you are still thriving your marriages. And we're going to pray over your marriage that it just grows and abounds all the more in years to come. But I want to leave us with one scripture before Rodney closes us out in prayer. And this is very familiar scripture, but when we really start to chew on this verse or these verses and meditate on the Word of God, it really is a challenge for us to really dig in and see what God says concerning love. And it is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. We could just spend a whole hour on that. On that, yes. No record of wrong in marriage. That's going to be for another show. Verse 6 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so with that, I want to thank both of you for being our guests on Good Morning Ladies. And Rodney, would you close us out in prayer? Father God, we come before you this evening. God, we, we thank you that your son Jesus made the sacrifice at Calvary. We thank you that he loved us so much that he was not willing to come down from Calvary's cross but die for the sins of the world, oh God. And we thank you, God, that we know that nothing in life is too big for you, oh God, that you can speak, oh God, and everything will come into alignment with your word, oh God, as you so commanded. But God, you have given us the power to also speak those things by the power of your spirit and the power of your your name, oh God. So we speak in the name of Jesus that every listening ear, husband and wife, who are going through right now would hear the voice of God that would sustain them through any sickness, any good day, any bad day, anything, anything great, anything small, oh God, that you sustain, sustain them and keep them, oh God. Be a light into that path, oh God. Lead them and guide them into all truth according to your word, oh God, according to your written word, according to your spiritual word, oh God, that they would not just trust in their own ability to love one another, oh God, but trust in the love that comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that is greater than any love, oh God. So we thank you, oh God, for this time. We thank you for the ministry and the media ministry. We thank you for the talk show. We thank you for the host, oh God. Nice that you would bless her. Bless her family, oh God. Keep her as you can only keep her, oh God. Bless her husband, oh God. Father, and then God, continue, continue, continue to make strive with cancers, research in God, and cures, oh God. Because we know, God, 
that your blood can cure all disease. Yes. Yes. And we thank you. We thank you for your wonderful love and kindness. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And, you know, I'm going to have you guys stay on with me for just a second as we close out. But you guys are going to have to come to Orlando, Florida. (laughs) Or we're going to have to take a trip up there. Yes. (laughs) Up there is good, too. So we can can work this either way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And to all of our listeners, we truly hope that you were blessed. And I want to thank you for being on this journey with us. Thank you all for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryant and my guests, Tanya and Rodney McClary. Thank you both. And thank you all. Have a blessed week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless.